What's going on, folks? Welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement, and hopefully one day soon, a true proletarian revolution. Um, Until we get there, I want to say hello. Thanks for stopping by. I am your host, Josh. Um... And today, we're going to talk briefly about the struggles among the, we'll say the Western left, but um, I am based in the United States, so therefore, a lot of my strategy, a lot of my... uh, analysis is based on the left of the U.S. more particularly. So, I think it's, you know, well documented, well known that the left on the West has been incredibly reformist and incredibly chauvinist and also incredibly opportunist. So let me go ahead and hit us with some definitions real quick. So reformist is when one struggles exclusively for reforms, thinking that capitalism need not be abolished, that the ruling class structure that exists today need not be abolished, but in fact that we can reorganize the class system. We can reorganize capitalism on an egalitarian basis, which would allow for things like democratic socialism, where you can have a similar government structure to what we have now. Hell, even keep most of the politicians that are in office. But somehow we can, through reforms, make our way to socialism. Chauvinism is a more, I'll give you a more broad definition, because I'll be honest, I don't have an Oxford definition for chauvinism off the top of my head. But chauvinism is usually a reductionist mentality, where one gets caught on particular struggles. So, um, and, and not even necessarily that, but most importantly, what it usually surfaces surfaces as is selfishness and greed. Um, there's a lot of Western chauvinism that goes around that creates a mentality that a socialism could come to the West without exploiting the global South or while ignoring the continued exploitation of the South, such as countries like uh, in the uh, Nordic model. This is a chauvinistic form of socialism because it ignores the struggles of the many for the benefit of the few, Um, not quite unlike a capitalist system. And then an opportunist, to me, is anybody who is not truly revolutionary joining or participating in revolutionary struggle using the right words, using the right phrases in order to uh, establish themselves as a popular personality and use that popularity to 
gain themselves power within the struggle, to gain themselves monetary uh, opportunities. Um, And usually these opportunists are the causes for many of the failures of struggles. You know, they might uh, turn sides and become a double agent of sorts. They might uh, kind of get a payoff from the powers that be in order to uh, kind of tamp down what it is they're doing. One example being the March on Washington uh, led by the civil rights leaders. Um, Malcolm X writes in his autobiography that this march was supposed to be a much more uh, confrontational march. It was meant to be not necessarily a nonviolent struggle. That is until, I believe, um, LBJ. And I don't know if it was him directly, but I know it was his administration who called many of the leading civil rights activists and either offered them money, offered them government positions, or just offered them clemency of things that the, uh, the FBI or other intelligence agencies or police departments or governments intended to uh, levy charges against them um, or to pursue, you know, harassment to do whatever to them. They, you know, they felt obviously because there are certain ruling class powers um, that you know, for whatever reason, some could have been out of fear, some could have been out of true greed, um, but as Malcolm X clearly details in his autobiography, there was opportunism, um, and then the March on Washington became a non-violent, uh, almost, uh, almost toothless march, uh, to say the least. So that's opportunism, chauvinism, and reformism. And I want to talk about why this has a lot to do with the West. So the West, to be broadly defined, is Western Europe and the United States, as well as Canada, uh, and kind of the more privileged global North countries. It's kind of an amalgamous being. uh, There's no real, like, definition of the West, as far as I know. Um, it's kind of used, uh, nonchalantly as just, like, a broad overseeing, uh, kind of cloak. So, the West, right, has an issue with these three things, with reformism, chauvinism, and opportunism. And I think we can all really easily recognize why. Here in the United States, more than anywhere else, a lot of the crumbs and leftover privileges from being inside the world's largest historical empire. It's pretty nice. I mean, we don't have health care. We don't have pensions. We don't have social services. We don't have affordable housing. We don't have guaranteed jobs. Um, we don't have any kind of social programs or community-based organizations. Um, We don't have proper education, but we do have a shit ton of stores. Um, We also have the ability to make a lot of money. 
and to be able to use that money to buy a lot of things, including power. Now, power is never power for power's sake, especially in a capitalist system. Power comes from the accumulation of wealth. That's how empires build themselves through imperialism. Opportunists and people within the uh, imperial core seek power, not simply just for power, but because of the wealth that it creates and how that wealth creates more power. And as capitalism expands, it takes root in many more places, allowing itself to expand to more power and more wealth accumulation. A revolutionary struggle wants to eliminate the system that exists today. A revolutionary struggle wants to turn the class structure on its head, whereas now you have the rule of the few over the many, a revolution intends on having the rule of the many over the few to produce a truly egalitarian system that has a logical and foundational principle that would allow for such progress to happen. We are foolish if we think folks like Bernie Sanders AOC, or anyone else like them can truly wage a revolutionary struggle from within one of the most (coughs) powerful, one of the most powerful capitalist bourgeois societies that this world has ever seen. It is a fool's errand. Now, do we on the left say then no more electoralism? No, we should say no more focus on electoralism. There are parties like the Party for Socialism and Liberation which run candidates not only in local elections but also in national elections. They recently uh, ran Gloria Lariva in 2020, who I personally voted for. Um, And although I don't personally any more since honestly I mean when Joe Biden won um, I don't personally believe in a parliamentary or electoral struggle however if there is a truly revolutionary or left candidate uh, that I have the power of voting for there is nothing bad to come of that uh, other than whatever list that gets you put on but to simply ignore in full an opportunity such as a national election I believe is not entirely foolish but it seems like if you have the ability to do so you ought to put people and ideas in front of uh, nationally televised Uh, stations in order to give the broad masses who pay attention to such things the idea that there is another chance, another uh, choice other than the two-party system. However, I think grassroots movements and organization is much more important and much more revolutionary. 
the reason why a lot of the left seems to be confused and seems to be incapable of homogenizing and concentrating itself and beginning to organize on a more unified political line, again, it comes from, in a lot of ways, the privileges that exist here in the United States, the privileges that exist being in one of the world's most powerful imperial empires that has ever existed. But there's other reasons, too. Uh, Here within the U.S. and in the West generally, we have been a dominant... And I use we as in the population which has had to follow our ruling classes. But I guess technically I should say the West, they have always been meaning they, the ruling class, because we don't really always get the benefit of being the largest imperial empire. Uh, But they, the ruling classes of the West, have been a dominant force for some time. Five, six, seven hundred years. And a large founding ideology of the West was and is liberalism. Um, It also uh, has had a long love affair with Christianity, whether of the Protestant Puritan or the Catholic uh, form This has influenced a lot of the actions taken by certain ruling class powers throughout history. Because of this, there has become this rampant, this rampant individualism, which latches itself on to everything within our society. The way we consume, the way we produce, the way we live our lives is very, very centered around the idea of the self, of the individual. But we cannot have this metaphysical outlook on life. We live, and here, listen to this. You ready for this, folks? I'm really about to break your fucking minds. We live in a society. Boom. That's right. But we live in a society, meaning that there are certain social relations which cannot be completely eradicated from our thought. We cannot truly ignore the fact that All of the food we consume, all of the materials that we use, clothes, technology, vehicles, everything that forms our life came from someone else. 
And in order to acquire it, we have to usually go to someone else. There is no reason to view the world from the mindset of the individual. You will never be alone. You will never live on this world without other people. You will never live a life that is not influenced by and attached to other people. Welcome to the real world, folks. And because of that, we cannot think so simplistically. We cannot think so individually. We need to have a clear understanding of our material reality. This is part one to one of the largest problems in the U.S. and in the Western left generally, and that is a fucked up ideology. We have so much confusion in our understanding of the world. We come from usually more privileged backgrounds than most of the world. We come from one of the most hyper-individualist societies that exists today. We come from the largest, again, empire that this world has ever seen. And this cannot be ignored. We, not only ourselves, but as a movement, cannot ignore how much education needs to go in to our organizing efforts. If we do not focus a huge portion of our energy and attention on agitation, propaganda, and education, we will have simply riots, we will have uprisings, we will have strikes and walkouts, we will have protests and demonstrations, we might even have active uh, armed fight, fighting between groups who feel the ruling class need not be in power anymore and the ruling class themselves. But will these be class struggles? Will these be armed struggles? Or will they be shootouts? Will they be small cover able to be covered up individual actions that ultimately do not have revolutionary potential because firstly no one will hear of them they will suppress it in the news they will suppress it in the media they will suppress it in any form that they can secondly because of the suppression and because of how long this ruling class has been doing suppression. The masses will not be behind this. They will not even know of its existence. Kwame Ture says it clearly. We have unity of action. When a racist action happens on a university, when a black man, a brown person, a indigenous woman, or an Asian non-binary person, or a trans person gets murdered, whether by a right-wing fanatic group, whether by an individual 
awful human being or whether by the system through the police, through uh, starvation, through a lack of affordable housing. When these things happen, we get up. We go march in the streets. We call our Congress people. We petition our senators and our representatives. But in, as Kwame Ture says, in some cases, in three, four days, in other cases, in five, six months, we sit back down. And he says this clearly. He says, we need unity of thought because unity of action has us standing up and sitting down. Standing up and sitting down. Some at one time, some at another. Some over here, some over there. We need unity of thought. We need to connect our struggles, recognize how the interconnectedness of the black liberation struggle, of the LGBTQ plus liberation struggle, of the immigrant liberation struggle, and of the working classes and oppressed people's liberation struggle. We need to clearly define how these struggles are unified on a class basis. We need not get confused by our incredible lack of ideological centralization and understanding. We need to rid ourselves of individualism. We need to rid ourselves of liberalism, the political identity of compromise, the political identity of appeasement. This is liberalism. Liberalism is Jimmy Carter being supposedly one of the most progressive presidents that we've ever had while bombing the shit out of the Philippines and other countries. Liberalism is AOC spending her entire political campaigns talking about things like the Green New Deal and socialism while never actively putting out a truly revolutionary or liberationist uh, legislative bill while never leading the grassroots struggles to actively build socialism outside of a parliamentary struggle. Liberalism is Bernie Sanders calling himself a socialist calling himself an internationalist, standing with Cuba, standing with these countries while signing bills that sanction them unilaterally, while signing bills which send billions of dollars in military occupation and weapons manufacturing to regions which have been oppressed for generations. This is liberalism and we need not find any use for it because as the last 150 years of struggles across the world have shown us liberalism offers nothing to the people not a goddamn thing and if we want to continue to see the world around us burn if we want to continue to see the masses of oppressed and working people across the world dying from starvation dying from a pandemic which is not being properly handled by the international community because it is not profitable, dying because they do not have shelter amidst one of the most incredible intensification in years of natural disasters, of droughts, 
of heavy rains and hurricanes. All of this is being handled by a left in the West in a way which shows clearly that they have no interest in anyone except for themselves. The left of the West is purely based on an individualistic, rhetorical, and romanticized idea of change. The left in the West is incapable of structuring itself on a revolutionary basis today. We need to change that. The Western left is incredibly disorganized, and it is because of its ideological confusion, but it is also because of all the barriers which exist in the West. One of the most incredible uh, legislations that has harmed the Western left, especially here in the United States, has set a precedent across the world of how the West will and is capable of acting against the left, the Taft-Hartley bill. The Taft-Hartley bill effectively nullifies labor struggles here in the United States. The amount of barriers that it puts in front of us, the amount of uh, laws and legislation which requires us to try to unionize in a very, very difficult way. This is one of the many examples of how the left in the United States is pigeonholed. We are also incredibly divided amongst an identity politics. Now this is a difficult understanding to come to. Identity is crucial to a liberation struggle. It is crucial to a proletarian struggle because identity is what attaches us to class. But class is the central law of motion. Class struggle is what will bring the change that this world needs. So if we only struggle based off of identity, if we only unify ourselves among a race line, among an ethnic line, among a gender line, or among a political affiliative line, we are foolish. Not because these struggles need not be had, not because these struggles do not occur in our material reality, but because this way of organizing ourselves, this way of trying to build a struggle against the ruling system divides the truly revolutionary class that is the working and oppressed people. This way of organizing ourselves turns those of us who should be working together against one another. And we have seen this time and time again, not only in the U.S., but again, across the world. Not even solely in the West, but across the world. Identity need be unified on a class basis, not used to divide the working class. If we want to truly wage a struggle which can actually change our material reality, we need to understand one thing very clearly.
Firstly, when trying to fix any problem, any problem, whether it is a problem with your car, whether it is a mental health problem, whether it is a fire burning in your home, one must get to the core of this problem. In a car, you investigate to see what is wrong. Am I low on oil? Is something not running correctly? Did I hit something? This, after a period of investigation, will lead us towards a correct idea of what to do to fix the problem. In a mental health situation, if you are so lucky to have services and insurance which will cover services in your area, then you might go to a counselor, you might go to a psychologist, you might go to a psychiatrist and spend a certain period of time investigating the core origins to certain of your struggles. Do you have trauma? Do you have an environment which causes stress? I think all of us in a capitalist system really recognize that our ability to uh, kind of be completely stuck in a position in life, uh, working 60% of our days away, having no free time to spend with our loved ones or learning or cultivating our hobbies, uh, educating ourselves, uh, connecting in social programs and community-based things. Um, None of this really happens uh, because we have to be to work. And because we have to be to work, we are convinced in a lot of ways that nothing's going to change. And this leads to a lot of mental health issues. I keep mentioning this book, but Capitalist Realism by Mark Fisher is a very good book. Everybody should check it out. It it helps to understand the depression and anxiety that a lot of us have lived with our entire lives. And finally, if you're going to put out a fire, we all know that you spray at the base. When we are trying to solve problems in our material reality... We have to first understand those problems, which means not just understanding how they manifest themselves in an individual way, not only just learning how they manifest themselves in a universal way, but why they manifest themselves, what creates the problem, what is the central or origin point of these issues. And once we get to this point, we must understand that there is one reason why these problems continue. Because a lot of these problems, right, we can recognize why their origins exist. We can say, okay, this is the thing that is happening or this is the problem that is occurring that is leading to these problems. But then the next question we need to ask ourselves is, can we change that? And how can we change that? Now, a lot of the problems that we face today, 
rampant racism, incredible oppression of LGBTQ plus folks, immigrants, um, indigenous peoples. We face incredible sexism, which allows for femme folks, transgender folks, and non-binary folks to be given a second class livelihood. The same goes for black, brown, indigenous, and immigrants who are brought into a society that says, uh, person A is what you're supposed to be. None of you are person A. So you just have to spend your entire life trying to be person A, trying to be a quote unquote upstanding citizen because, you know, folks like Joe Biden, the guy who is currently bombing the shit out of the Middle East, uh, folks like Kamala Harris, who have arrested over a thousand people for petty drug crimes, possession, etc. Folks like Nancy Pelosi, who has legislated for years to make sure that houselessness does not get eradicated in this country, that homeless people do not find uh, guaranteed shelter as a human right. These people are truly upstanding citizens, right? And that's the difference is the oppression, the second class nature is due to a ruling class structure in our society. So we have to recognize that we have an enemy standing against us. We have a direct force standing above us suppressing us, using our struggles to divide us. And we cannot allow that to happen. So we have to find a way to unite as many people as we can on the same ideas of not just what they're against, but what they're for. We cannot simply organize against capitalism. We need to organize for scientific socialism. We cannot just struggle for anti-racism. And we cannot simply struggle against sexism and transphobia and homophobia. But we need to struggle for a society which says there is no reason why because of your skin color, because of your sexual orientation, because of your gender, because of your education level, because of your locality, your nationality, your ethnicity, you must live a second class life. You must suffer and struggle more than anyone. You must live on the bottom part of the barrel and you must stay there you must stay in your place no matter how much you try to assimilate no matter how much you try to form yourself into precisely what they tell you you need to be you will never be enough we must build a society which says fuck that fuck that entirely fuck anyone who thinks that and fuck anything that perpetuates that idea you are all human beings you are are all deserving of life 
of freedom, of true democracy, not for simply the ruling class, not freedom to die if you don't work, and not the liberty to struggle and suffer for the rest of your life, hoping that one day you will come out on top, knowing your whole life that you never will. This need not continue, and building a society that says we will not allow it to continue. We will not allow it. We will do everything in our power to stop it in its tracks. That is precisely and the only society which we can build today. We need not simply build against something because we will find ourselves arguing what we should be building towards. We need to start on a class basis. We need to start on a foundation that says none of us have power. None of us have wealth. None of us have control over our lives. None of us have health care. None of us have pensions. None of us have social security. We need to do something about that. We. Not you. Not us. We. We. Together. In solidarity. Not because we think that there is an insignificance to everyone's individual struggle and we have to just unite as the working class. But because we know the working class is made up of black, brown, indigenous, Asian, uh, Latin American, Chicano, and white folks. But we know the working class is made up of men, women, trans folks, non-binary folks. We know that the working class and oppressed people are made up of indigenous peoples who were on this land far before it was ever called America and far before anyone who could ever think of the name America was ever born. Knowing that those people live inside of the same society which calls them working class as white poor working class people, as black and brown working class people, of immigrants. We have to understand, folks, that unless we unite our struggles in this way, unless we build up as many forces as we can, we will lose. We will die. We will suffer and we will struggle to no avail because we will be struggling against our comrades. We will be struggling against our fellow working class and oppressed people. We will be struggling against our own interests by dividing ourselves and making it impossible for us to truly build up a force which can combat the world's largest military force that has ever existed in the world. We cannot be idealist. We must understand what is ahead of us. And if we understand what is ahead of us, we must understand what we need to do today. And what we need to do today is start building a class-based revolutionary struggle against the ruling class. If you are still listening to this, I appreciate you very much. Please go check out my social medias. It means a lot. Um, If you liked what you heard, yo, hit me up. Tell me about yourself. We can get talking. We can get organizing. You can find my social medias on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Indefensive Liberation. You can find my email at indefensiveliberation at gmail.com without any caps or spaces. Please hit me up. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends. Post it on your social media. Um, leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That puts me so far into the algorithm. And tell me what you want me to talk about, yo. Tell me what guests you want to come on. Tell me what ideas you want to learn about because 
The goal of this podcast, as I discussed this whole time, is educating, is propagandizing, is organizing, and is unifying. So we at In Defense of Liberation want to let you folks know that the only reason we are doing this is to build a revolutionary scientific socialist movement only to combat the system as it exists today but to build something better to build something for the people to build something of the people and to build something to eradicate off of the face of the earth all oppression all capitalist leftover societies all of the leftover pain and struggle that people are living under in the whole world and the best way to do that is to start building such an organization such a movement within the belly of the beast to sweep the legs of the empire and to give the revolutionary movements of the world air to breathe long live the people's struggle and long live scientific socialism y'all have a good day Stay revolutionary, stay safe. We'll see you next time.